0: Welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly, a fan podcast about the card game Marvel Champions, designed by Caleb Grace and Michael Boggs at Fantasy Flight Games. I'm one of your hosts, Kennedy Hawk, and I have all four co-hosts with me here today. So we have Americano. How's it going, Americano? So good. I'm so happy to be here. I had a couple
1: trials this week, so I'm just ready to talk about some Marvel Champions. You're ready to talk about
0: something you enjoy. That's good. (laughs) good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We, We have Crimson. How's it going? Going good, going good. And for the second episode in a row, we have Shane. How's it going, uh, Adder Cop?
2: <laughs> it's good, good. The second episode is the most important one.
0: Yeah, second is the best. That's what my five-year-old would say. Yep. <laughs> and we'll talk about the second campaign box today. So we'll see. Do we think it's the best? I don't know. Spoilers. <laughs> So today we're going to do our third episode talking about Galaxy's Most Wanted. If you were sick hearing what Galaxy's Most Wanted, you should turn this off now and then come back next time when we talk about not Galaxy's Most Wanted. But for today, if you haven't played against Nebula or the finale Ronin yet, you're going to want to tune out, go play against those villains, maybe cry a little bit, come back and listen <laughs> to the rest of this episode to find out what we think about Ronin and Nebula. So your spoilers have been warned and we're going to jump right in to nebula. So, Addercap, why don't you give us the overview of Nebula? Who is she? What's her what's her scenario all about? How does it work?
2: Uh okay. Well, uh Nebula is the cybernetic daughter of Thanos. Um pretty straightforward. She's real good at fighting. She's real good at doing the things that she needs to do. And uh the encounter the 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 whole scenario shows that a bit she adapts the way that she fights uh it changes from turn to turn makes it kind of unpredictable um thanks to a lot of the uh the boost star icons uh even like the best plans can get foiled pretty quickly against her as she like adapts um let's see but what's her hook in the game because she adapts well right Right, right. Her hook is the uh, the technique attachment. So she has a handful of uh, techniques. I think eight, eight of them. And uh, when they're attached to her, they give her a bonus. And then when she activates, and it, it it's distinctly when she activates, right? So so even if she's confused or stunned, is that correct?
0: That's a good question. I think when she's stunned, it skips the activation. Um, That's how I've been playing her. That's how I've been doing it. I've been cheating, maybe.
3: Okay.
2: I, I've been playing that even if she is stunned, she still triggers. Because the activation starts, but the attack doesn't happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so even if, she, even if she is stunned, I assume it's to represent her being, like, partially robotic. Uh, Just trying to justify the, the, the bad things happening. Wow, but... you just
1: made Nebula even harder.
2: <laughs> That's how I've been playing it. <laughs> um... It resolves all the specials on her techniques and discards them all, and she rebuilds them. Uh, I think the most that I've seen attached to her at one time in two-player was uh, three. And that was pretty pretty rough. <laughs> so her uh, the, the Art of Evasion is her first main scheme. Uh, with, with the recommended, obviously her own set, uh, the single-card Power Stone. Ship command standard and uh, space pirates is recommended. Um, <laughs> honestly, like the recommended module is is pretty brutal. So if you're having trouble with Nebula, uh, I'd recommend trying something different besides uh, space pirates. But uh, let's see. So the main like the, besides the technique, she messes with evasion counters on her environment. Nebula's ship uh, at the beginning of the villain phase, place one evasion counter here. Uh, The players then have an option, uh, the first player actually has an option to start removing the evasion counters, and the evasion counters determine how much threat is placed on the main scheme each turn. So if you ignore it, uh, it grows exponentially to the point of, you know, especially in two player, you know, the first turn is just two, no big deal, then it's four, then, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, So you really have to be devoting your Milano actions and your your cards or resources to the uh, shoot the thrusters mechanic. Um, besides that, the main schemes themselves don't do a whole lot of extra stuff. Um, when you get to 2A, it adds two evasion counters, and then checks the number, and each deck loses the top two cards for each evasion counter, so uh, a lot of times you'll get an accelerator, a lot of times you'll get an encounter card, so getting to 2A, obviously you don't want it to happen, but you double don't want it to happen, although mechanically 1B and 2B. Don't uh, don't change very significantly. Let's see here.
0: Yeah, so she's. I think she's pretty cool. She's kind of got two hooks, like you said. She's got this technique ability, so all the techniques have a boost that attach to her if they come out as a boost card. She gets one, I think, to start the game, um, and she has other cards that will pull them out, and all of them are revealed when pulled out. Usually, um,
2: yeah. So... Yeah, anything that discards them. Says, reveal them The uh, so the side side scheme, lethal intent. The last the last line is reveal that card. And uh, the last time we were playing it, we uh, we discarded the cards, attached it, and we thought we were safe. And got to the last sentence, <laughs>
0: and it's just brutal, right? So she gets all those those attachments, and that's like one really cool thing, right? She's this robot that's adapting to you as you're fighting. But there's also a space combat going on, right? That was my favorite thing about Drang. So there's a different type of space combat. Her ship never like directly attacks you, but it places threat. Because I think she's trying to like escape with the Power Stone. So we're chasing her down. And if she is ignored for too long, she's going to you know go to hyperspace with Chewie and we'll be Power <laughs> Stone-less. Oh, whoa, what's happening? What? You're crossing streams. I'm crossing the streams. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I I found it pretty fascinating. I the thing that I like about it a lot is a lot of times it's hard to have um, a scenario that has like two identities, right? If it tries to do two things at once, it struggles because it really focuses on one and serves it really well, but struggles at the second one. But I feel constant pressure from the techniques and constant pressure from the space battle, which maybe isn't something that I enjoy feeling all the time. But it's at least like properly balanced. I feel like I'm seeing both sides of the scenario every time i play it's not like i shuffle it one time and i'm doing all spaceship stuff and i shuffle it another time and i'm doing all technique stuff so i thought that was pretty cool um she's definitely got some nasty techniques i think you said there's eight of them
2: yeah there's there's eight of them and they all uh they all they all are pretty significant uh two of them uh cut threat ambition prevents her from taking more than five damage in a single attack um when it resolves it adds a threat to the main scheme which The special on that one, that's pretty low impact uh, most of the time. Um, Two of them grant uh, Stalwart, but they're different. Uh, Evasive Maneuvering and Unyielding Persistence. Um, And then they resolve differently on their specials. Uh, Maneuvering stuns you when it resolves, and if you're already stunned, she gets a boost. Uh, The other one gives her a Tough status, um, and then she gets a Face-Down boost if she's already Tough, which is pretty rough, too. Two copies of weapon mastery that gives Nebula Retaliate one. The special is to take one damage. Uh, and the one that I <laughs> the one that I really don't like seeing is wide stance. uh it's my re- favorite. Absolutely. Uh reduces the amount of damage she takes from each attack by one. The special is discard a card at random from your hand. So either way, if it's in play, it's rough. If it's resolving as a special, it can really debilitate your turn. Um, the good news is it says from each attack. So, like, your army of ants still get in for their one. You're, speaking of Ant-Man, you're you're flipping to giant one deals the damage. So that's good, and that's a good distinction to have, is that she's not immune to single packets of damage from non-attack sources.
0: Yeah, and I think you mentioned in, in Standard, in her first form, right, she's got 14 hit points per player, and when she initiates an activation against you, you resolve the special on each card, and then discard each of those attachments. But in stage two, you only discard one of those attachments. So you're going to have to choose which attachment to discard. And I think I agree with you. It's always wide stance for me. Just I don't want to have to discard those cards from the special ability.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's in phase two. It's, it's pretty brutal um, because a bad combination of uh, attachments and you're going to be behind for a very long time.
0: Yep, and then I think in stage three you have to like mill a card from your deck to discard that one attachment. So she's just really, really oppressive in stage.
1: Yeah, three.
2: she uh, she pirates you for a card. It's not.
0: Yeah, it's
1: not just milling though. It's removing it from the game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's
0: gone yeah. for good, right?
2: Yep, that's out. I lost a uh, strength in one game, and then an army of ants in the next one, or in one turn, I should say, and then an army of ants the next turn.
0: It does so come back come in the back. next scenario if you happen to win. So it's not it's not as bad as the collector stealing your things and then not letting you have them back.
2: And holding it for two scenarios.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I found that, uh, like you said, the modular set was actually really hard. The pirate, space pirates, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. There's five minions. One of them is after this minion attacks and damages you, remove a random card from your hand from the game. The other three or four are... At this minion attacks and damages you. you remove the top card of your deck from the game, so they are just destroying your deck left and right and of course Not only that, there's oh. those awesome treacheries that just fish them out, so it's horrible. <laughs>
2: yeah, the treacheries are the really, really hard part. It goes and finds one. it comes into play, it quick strikes you, steals a card, gets a tough token, and then she gets a boost yep. that's that's all the bad things that's a lot of text, and none of it is an upside. <laughs>
0: Yeah, only disruption. flying pirate
1: I like the only flying pirate I like is Robert De Niro.
2: You're, you're crossing the streams.
1: <laughs> yep, I definitely am. Unacceptable. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, hand disruption in this game is so much more painful than most other games.
0: So what do you uh think about Nebula, Americano and Crimson? What are your guys? What are your guys' thoughts on her? You like playing against Nebula? Is Nebula something you're gonna leave in the box?
3: I didn't enjoy playing against her, but I didn't not like her. Like I felt her theme, her kit was well done. I think she needs to be tuned down just a teeny bit. Um, but she's also the pe- you know, the the penultimate, you know, the the right before the last guy. So she should be a little tougher than the earlier people. Um, I, I mean, I did enjoy playing her, but, uh, I still don't think it's that, you know, playing on standard, it should still be a little easier than what it is.
0: I found I enjoy her on standard if I play with easier modular sets. I'm not talking bomb scare easy, right? But if I give her goblin gimmicks or something like that, um, she's got no minions in her villain deck. So if you don't include a module with minions you don't have to worry about minions at all or if you include one that's minion light right like uh Modoc well I wouldn't say that because <laughs> um, bomb <bomb-scare>. but... <laughs> yeah well no not bomb scared didn't I just say not bomb scared something from the uh, so... <laughs> green Goblin expansion right like electro or scorpion right then there's only one big minion one. in there to come out that's so not not so play
1: bad. so Thor's a bad matchup for her
0: Thor is probably a bad matchup for her but the the modular set has five minions and two things that fish them out. So if you're playing with her recommended module, it's probably not too bad to
2: play Thor. Uh I beat her with Thor and Hulk in two player solo, both in aggression. Um and we just wrestled. Like that was <laughs> that was the whole game. We didn't we didn't get rid of evasion, we didn't do anything. We just just poured damage and uh ended it on 2B one threat from losing. That was kind of fun. That's that's,
1: that's sounds like aggression. <laughs> I, th-
3: I think the thing that I dislike about her is that I don't think she's beatable on standard with either of the pre-con decks that come with the box set. And I, I think that's kind of the, the fail of the whole box, is on standard mode, you should be able to get close to winning the box with what's in the box.
0: Yeah, I think the pre decks are a little bit weak in this box. The characters are really fun, um, but that makes it a little frustrating to use those pre-con decks. I think in standard, yeah. not in campaign, having that campaign side scheme out there, what does hers do? It's something brutal. I'll find it here really quick.
2: Oh, hers... Uh...
0: So the first side mm-hmm. doesn't do anything, but when you defeat it, it places...
2: To evasion um,
0: evasion counters but if you're playing an mm-hmm. expert it has an acceleration and a hazard and it places evasion counters so i mean oh. yeah oh. in standard you could just ignore the side scheme and it's probably okay i i haven't played her state totally okay. standard a lot but in standard campaign i've i found that i enjoy her but i haven't taken the pre-cons into it yet that's for sure
2: yeah i avoided that um and i think that's part of because like with with red skull i feel like you could have taken the pre-cons through it
3: yeah. Easy. Um
2: Yeah, and that, that lent itself to the, the lower difficulty level overall for Rise of the Red Skull. So I think in this case the designers wanted something more difficult in campaign, but that was at the expense of being able to take the pre-cons through it.
3: Well here's here's what I would have suggested is in standard maybe not have those uh campaign side quests at all and just you know only have those for expert because experts were you're bringing your own deck. You're fine-tuning it, all that stuff. Standard, you're, you know, it's casual. Like, right, yeah. I, I w- you could not pay me to play this box set in expert mode. Like, it's <laughs> just it's not going to
1: happen. You want to go play in expert mode after this? It'll be fun. You could definitely pay me.
2: If we're paying people to play expert, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> um, I'll say, I'm with you, Kennedy Hawk. I like the two different hooks. Ship and the technique. Um, I like the idea of both of them. I think that together it makes, for me, for a, a little bit frustrating of a situation because I feel the pressure from all sides. And like I said before, I like to win, um, and I don't think that it's. I mean, it's it, obviously it's. Uh, there's just a lot to to have to deal with that. Um, I'd rather not have to deal with. And I think for me that I maybe I'm playing it wrong, but the technique cards are gonna come out like every time. You're gonna see them the same ones every game, and they're going to come into play attached to her, right? If because of their boost ability um would the boost star, so the boost ability attach makes them attach to her, and then you activate it. But you don't discard it at that point because it wasn't her unless i'm playing that wrong but triggers it the first time and then when she activates then you like the next time she activates then you discard it or choose one
2: yeah that's correct so if it comes up as a boost like i'm looking at weapon mastery right now it it flips up it deals one damage to you in addition to her activation and then you know when she activates against the next player she might discard it or uh but it it'll resolve on the second activation. Yeah,
1: I just feel like, I feel like because they're always going to come out. Um, I I'll probably play Nebula, like, you know, periodically. But I I feel like if you overplay her, you're just going to feel this. You see those same techniques over and over again. Um, and that just seems kind of boring to me. But I haven't played enough to like to know if that's the case. That's just my guess.
0: I found the best thing to do against Nebula is to race her. So I think protection probably struggles quite a bit. Leadership might even struggle a little bit, um, but aggression is, is been pretty key because you can't. It's really hard to play the long game against Nebula because she keeps building up those evasion counters, and at some point you're either not going to have the money to avoid the evasion counters, or Milano's going to get exhausted from something random. And then all of a sudden four threats go on the main scheme per phase and it's gonna pop. So you've gotta yep. be you've gotta be punching her constantly whenever you can. You can't fiddle for it around and sort of build up your board to the optimal set. Um you're definitely fighting the two fronts, right? Her and her ship.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely.
0: I, I really enjoy that. I'll tell you something we did that's McSheedy face. My wife also plays standard only and she likes to win just like you. So we've been playing the standard campaign, and we just each start with a target acquired in play. Clutch. Just, I mean, it's totally cheating, right? It's just like giving yourself two extra cards the first round and forcing it to be you playing target acquired. But it it changes (laughs) your whole mindset, because you have this one, like, oh, crap button. And you can decide when to press it. And uh, we've found a little bit of breathing room. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of breathing room. Still makes the game enjoyable. I think what you said earlier, I think, earlier, that's fine. I think that's they're fine. finally to this point where they can give us difficult villains. And I think the reason we're there is because we've now got enough modular sets that we can determine that difficulty if we want. Um, I, there's a, a big stigma around that, it seems like, about not using the module set that's recommended in the campaign to play the campaign. But I think by trying other modular sets, they might not be as thematic yet, but hopefully we get more space ones in the future and. We can find something that's a little bit easier to play with Nebula.
2: You can always add Hydra modules. It's always on theme. Sure, yeah. Space Hydra <laughs> Troopers. The ones with jetpacks. They're always up to something. <laughs> we uh, we just wrapped up a two-player Nebula ga- uh, game, my girlfriend and I. Um, we got to Nebula, we were playing Protection Scarlet Witch and Justice Ant-Man, which is why I've been talking about Ant-Man so much tonight. Um and we lost nebula just man absolutely gave us a bath and uh it was because we were just too slow you know i could keep the thread in check but we just weren't putting out enough damage she wasn't taking any damage because you know scarlet witch and uh she just ramped up there were turns where it was like okay we add 10 okay now we add 12 right yep and you can't keep up with that so we switched scarlet witch to aggression and you're absolutely right we had to Put it on the clock and ignore some mechanics here and there. But Target Acquired was clutch. I, I've I've had it in Ant Man for a while just because I like the card and uh, being able to just like stop some of these boosts prevents a lot of uh, bad stuff from happening. Yeah, I'd
0: say that's like the theme for the entire campaign is run Target Acquired in every deck because that that is one of the the <laughs> ways they made this so difficult is the boost abilities are just astronomically hard.
3: Yeah, I I think if 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 I were going back over this for standard mode, I would make the nebula ship only require one resource versus two. But in in expert, I would still have it at the two.
2: You mean um, uh? You mean it would take it would take uh one for one resource for two evasion counters?
3: Right. Instead. Yeah. Of, yeah. Um. But all in all, I mean, I still think she's a uh, wonderfully fun villain to play against in the right setting. See, uh, standalone, she's much better.
0: Yes. She's much better in Standalone. I found she's she's easiest at two players. She's hardest at one and four. At one player, it's just too much for one person to handle. And at four players, uh, when four people get encounter cards, a lot of times at the start of the next turn, all of a sudden she'll have like five techniques out, and that <laughs> yeah. first player is just getting <laughs> smashed in the face. Um, or or she'll just be increasing the threat by so much that it's it's impossible to control Scheme over, yeah, four players has just been really hard with her. But I found with two and three, she's kind of in that sweet spot where you've now got enough people that someone can be thwarting every turn. Um, once you get to four... Th- Maybe even three. If you draw too many of those ship cards, barrel roll where it places like it surges and places uh, evasion counter. All of a sudden, you can no longer remove as many as she's adding, and that's when you that, run into trouble.
3: That's another thing we need to talk about. Quit putting surge on every damn little card. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> run more espionage. Problem solved. Start with one of there those. Like,
2: hey. Easy.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, then give us more spy characters.
3: Yeah, it's, you have it's just you have Black Widow,
2: thing. and you like it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I and mean, I like ridiculous. Black Widow.
2: Then we're good. Collector doesn't like Black Widow, but well, he does. Also,
3: not the only game from Fantasy Flight like, where they overdo Surge. They they have a another LCD where it's just like this is ridiculous. Like Surge is, it's almost like a crutch to them, and it. I get it like it if, certainly but, makes things harder right yeah but uh well what search should be doing, what search should be doing is if this card is flipped and it does nothing it should search like it, if it has like requirements to be met and then it does something if those requirements aren't met it should search because otherwise it's a free card but the cards we're seeing are just like do a whole bunch of bad crap. Oh, and do more bad crap. <laughs>
0: right. I'm okay if the card says something like do this major effect or do this minor effect and surge. Because you have to like say, okay, I'm gonna take the minor effect now, but it's gonna be a gamble.
3: Uh, but yeah,
0: there, there is a lot of surge. It's well, I so think... in, in Nebula, she just has a couple, right? She, yeah, well all yeah, well, her just... tech the first technique each round gains surge too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, I think that's because like it, when you reveal a technique as your encounter card for the turn, assuming you're playing, you know, with one encounter card, um, it's, it, it is kind of, it doesn't really do anything, because you're past for activations. So the Surge, in this case, gives her a buff for next turn, and then you deal with your card for the turn still.
0: I would so agree, I think... but all those attachments in the core set didn't have Surge, and you could remove them before they even had, like, an impact, right? Right. So. She right.
1: Could, you just have to deal with hers. just how to take it to the face.
0: Like if she gains retaliate one, it didn't do anything, but it's going to change your next turn, so it's it's still there.
3: An but. example would be bear, barrel. So let's take barrel for an example. It's insight one surge, and place an invasion uh, an invasion counter on on the ship. So like, it, what it should say is something like you know place an evasion counter on the ship if the ship has like two um. Uh, three or less, three, three or less. if you don't search
2: yeah that seems cool I, I'd, I'd be yeah. okay with that or like a like a place to or surge
3: yeah I just, and then it's,
2: it's, it's too, too much
3: I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining here i'm just trying to trying to are find <laughs> a way for like <laughs> your, your new player goes to the Yeah, Their their local card shop, they pick up this box, they they grab Groot, they're like, yeah, Groot, awesome. (laughs) Then they play it, and then they put the box in their closet, and they say, F that game. Got my Groot in half. (laughs) Yep, I'm just going to play Groot.
2: (laughs) They should have played Rocket.
3: I mean,
0: there's it, the problem. They needed more aggression. They ran green cards. That's that's okay. <laughs> we went there. <laughs> yeah, there's
3: no yellow
1: against
0: against her. I guess that's that's fair. Yeah, that's true. In campaign, the hardest thing I found about her is that first turn, because depending on what artifacts you steal from the collector in the previous scenario, you can have a really nasty starting setup. Right, um, one of them gives an extra evasion counter. One of them deals an extra encounter card. One gives her a boost card. I had one game. I was playing solo, where I triggered all three of those. So my first turn was, I got an extra encounter card, Nebula got an extra boost card, and I was playing Expert. So there was a hazard symbol. So it was like, triple encounter cards, turn one, she gets a technique, and she has an extra boost card. Good luck if you can
2: survive. And, and that you was landed so. the biggest backflip of your life.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm going to change characters and play Spider-Man. I think what I did <laughs> is I, I got Mockingbird out. I just mulliganed until I drew her, and then it was real fun.
2: <laughs> or a nice shield block. I mean just play cap all the time. I get some guff for it, but that's just fine. good Just play good play heroes, cap all like the time. Hawkeye
0: and Cap. That's what I heard. Okay. <laughs> well we've 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 crunched on Nebula long enough. Let's let's give her a grade at cop. What do you give Nebula on whatever scale you want to give her a grade on?
2: Um I think I'm gonna give her I'm gonna give her a B, a pretty firm B, because she's fun, she's difficult. But I think that she's difficult to a degree that's kind of discouraging to new players, having exposed her to a couple new players.
0: <laughs> I can see that. Americano, what you got? Um, I'll give her a C. Uh,
1: I think that the two different fronts that you're um, you're fighting her on might be overwhelming uh, or definitely is overwhelming or can be. Um, and I think that if someone wanted to play her for the theme, I would definitely do it. Um I don't know that I'm gonna be the one that suggests Nebula ever. Maybe, but probably
0: not.
3: Crimson, yeah. what about you? I'm at a C also. Um I think stand standard wise she's a little too overtuned.
0: Well, I'm gonna be Mr. Positive and give her an A minus. I think that. Having played a lot of uh, experts, I really enjoy her on standard. And that's probably unfair, right? Because it's it's the right difficulty level for me. I understand if it's not the right difficulty level for everybody else. Um, The only thing I really don't like about her is how overbearing she can be on that first turn when she gets too many techniques. Um, But I find her to be pretty enjoyable. I find that in two players, every time I play her, she feels a little bit different. But I do think you have to pick a modular set that tunes her to the skill level of the players at the table. Yeah, That's a bit of a bummer, right? When you get this new box, you want to use the modular sets in the box. Unfortunately, probably every set except for Galactic Artifacts in this box is just going to make her just as hard. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, just give her a box of toys and hope she doesn't do too bad with it, and then she still does pretty pretty still, mean still stuff still with it.
0: <laughs> Alright, we'll move on to Ronan. Who wants to All give right. a Ronan overview?
2: I'll
1: talk about Ronan. All right. Yeah, because you're green and he's green. Because he's green. Yep. Uh, so Ronan is—I don't know. His hook is—he's just <laughs> superior, right? Like he's just—he's just a beast. I mean, if I was going to say any one of the cards, um, any of the card names that would like define his set, maybe superior tactics. Not necessarily the card ability, but just the fact that he's Cree and he just has all the tools that he needs to smash, yeah.
2: your, smash your face. Absolutely.
1: Um, he starts with toughness, even on standard. Um, or he has toughness. Uh, let's see. So his, I'll just read his ability on on his first level. Uh, forced Interrupt, when Ronan, the Accuser, activates against you, give him one additional boost card if you control the Power Stone. That, to me, is, is pretty thematic. That's that's actually my favorite thing about Ronan, is how he interacts with the Power Stone. In um, Stage 2, when revealed, search the encounter deck and discard power for cut the power, and uh, the side scheme, and reveal it. And he also gets one additional boost card when he activates against you. And then on stage 3, um, he has Retaliate 1 and Toughness. And he, when he's revealed, you get Superior Tactics Side Scheme Reveal it, and he also gets one additional boost card if you control the Power Stone. But his stats, he starts at a 2-2, goes up to a 2-3, but if you're playing on Expert, it's obviously starts at a 2-3, and then goes up to a 3-4 base stat, Plus, if you have the Power Stone, if you control the Power Stone, he gets an additional boost card. So, like, if you thought Claw was hard, Ronin is,
0: uh, I mean, I know it's a little, it's different. So you but... take the stats of the worst Rhino and the worst Ultron, you throw them together, and then you give them better encounter cards. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So, I mean, uh, other than that, I mean, do you guys see any other themes here? I,
1: it's just, uh, the theme is numbers. the power, is the Power Stone. Like, I mean, that's what, for me, and and that makes it really thematic and cool deck. Honestly, even though it's hard, I think. But, um, let's see. The Power
0: Stone, we didn't talk about it, but it gives you plus one to your attack and your thwart, I think. Yep. Um, And then if the villain deals three damage to you while you have it attached to you, the villain steals it and attaches it to themselves. So it's going to be bouncing back and forth between the players and the villain. For many chunks of the game. Um,
1: yeah, and, and with the cards that he has, you might want him to have the Power Stone like the entire game. Which one of the strategies
0: he... I've seen people trying is just let him have the Power Stone and use as much little dink damage as you can to not not take it from him. Um, right, because it takes you a really he... long time to kill him, but.
1: Because, I mean, that would make his level 3 a 4-5, essentially, um, but you only get one of the boost cards, and, and he has several, I think maybe only a couple, three boost cards.
0: Yep. Um, he, He's the one character I feel like doesn't have like a real unique hook, right? Because Nebula already used the Power Stone, we didn't talk about it with her because it's more of a Ronin thing, but... Like everybody else had their like unique thing and his unique thing is just throwing cards at you and yep. seeing if you can survive. Yeah. And, yeah, it's I
2: mean, a it's a quantity kind of thing. Like that's it, it's just superior numbers, right? That goes along yep. with the tactics that Americano was saying.
3: Yeah, spoiler, you don't survive. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say I was gonna
1: say if you went made it all the way through to Ronan on the campaign and you didn't want to quit or burn your box, you might actually at this point. So I should tell you what, how I feel about the campaign when you get to Ronan.
0: So, campaign Ronan's a little bit bonkers. Let's just talk about that <laughs> for a minute. So He starts with cut the power in play, right? You said you said that.
2: Uh, an expert. Oh, that's
0: yeah. an expert. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Rewind time. Do. He doesn't start with that. But, so he starts with crease supremacy, the side scheme from the campaign mode. If you control the Power Stone, you're going to deal the first player an encounter card that makes him attack you an extra time, or activate against you an extra time in the first round. Mm -hmm. You are going to search for Pincer Maneuver, which is a double acceleration side scheme, put it into play, and then place extra threat on it, depending on how poorly you played against Nebula. Um... He's getting extra threat on the main scheme in Expert Campaign. I mean, it's it's just pretty bonkers. I think it was something like if you're playing against him in Expert Campaign, I'm going to make the numbers up because I don't remember exactly, but it's ballpark this. You start with like two extra encounter cards and three side schemes in play. And between that and the main scheme, there's like 22 points of threat out there just for solo Expert Campaign. Yeah, I believe it.
2: I definitely which, believe it.
0: It's just bonkers. I've I've stacked my deck with Captain America, where I defeat all three side schemes and take the main scheme to zero, and Ronan still kills me like round one or two with a shield <laughs> block in hand. It's just, it's bonkers. Um, yeah. Standalone, he's a lot more reasonable, right? Because he doesn't get the pincer maneuver. Um, in Expert, he's still getting cut the power, but he doesn't get that uh, campaign side scheme, which the campaign side scheme I I don't even remember what's on the standard one I think it's just a hazard symbol but the the expert one is Hinder 4 with 7 base threat so that's 11 threat in solo or 23 threat in 4 player and it's got an acceleration, an amplify and a hazard symbol on it like what? yeah on the standard it's it's 6 with Hinder 3 and just a just um, a casual 9 threat with a hazard
1: symbol yeah yeah
2: It's actually but, <laughs> the only standard challenge that has a, an icon on it. All the rest of them can be completely ignored um, if you wanted to.
1: If you wanted to, and you probably well, if you, if you want to have a chance at beating Roman, you probably shouldn't.
2: No, not for Kree, No, but but the other four beforehand, they don't do anything extra except sit there and maybe offer you money. Right. Um, yeah. Which this one does too. Like, why does Kree supremacy have victory one on it?
0: Maybe it's future proofing. It could just be templating. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a good question. Just wide it out, Add a cop.
2: <laughs> I got it. I'm already on it. Okay. She right. starts with
0: his universal <laughs> weapon in play, which boosts his stats as well, right? So an expert, if he has the power stone, he's sitting in expert phase two with his weapon out. Yeah, he, uh, he's sitting at a four five in the first phase. The hardest card for me, the one that people really need to plan around, is fanaticism. So it's on oh, surge with, card? Yeah, with Krim's favorite word, surge. And that's because it doesn't do anything right away, like Adderkop taught us. It just gives him a passive plus one attack. And it has uses on it, so you know it's going to discard itself for you. That's nice. It's uh, one plus one per player. So in four player, that would be five counters on it. And whenever he attacks, the attack gains overkill and piercing. And then at the end of the attack, you discard a counter. So allies no longer block you from Ronin smashing your face. Tough no longer blocks you. Um, It's pretty pretty crazy. So you have to plan for Fanaticism. And I don't know if the answer is just run Black Widow Ally and hope you can cancel it. (laughs) Or uh, just keep scooping until he doesn't draw it in that opening turn. Or quit. Or quit. I know there's a couple tricks you can do with Fanaticism. So Fanaticism gives him Piercing and Overkill. Um, so if you play Muster Courage in Protection, or if you're playing Dr. Strange, if you put Tough on an ally, and you don't even have to put Tough on the ally, if you put Tough on yourself, um, the way piercing works is the character that's defending against the attack or that is like, targeted by the attack is the one that has the Tough status removed. So if you put Tough on yourself and chump block with an ally, you're going to be able to block all the overkill damage. What? Uh, but then you have to run Doctor Strange or Protection with Muster Courage. Um, which...
2: Right. <laughs> <neither> <laughs> of a,
0: seems, seems ideal.
2: That's um, a lot of cards to stop one card. That is actually going to be two cards. Every time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, and anybody that can put tough on themselves could do that with allies, right? So Spider-Women can do that with, um, What's it called?
1: Uh, Ready for action? A leadership one?
0: No, con- containment immunity. Her protection. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, like and yeah, puts a tough on her. Um. So stopping fanaticism is just you. You have to do it, but it's if he gets fanaticism and you don't have an answer to it, you're pretty much losing. You're sacrificing a player at that point. Yeah, um, and that's pretty brutal. There's no way to discard it other than just soaking attacks. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to soak them at the right time. Um, so there's that, and then the other thing that I've used to successfully stop Fanaticism is Mockingbird. So uh, Hawkeye's signature ally, when the villain initiates an attack against you, you can spend any resource to bounce her to your hand, and you prevent all the damage. So Hawkeye can just soak one Fanaticism counter around by spending f- two turns playing Mockingbird over and over again and getting nothing Finally hawkeye's good at something finally hawkeye's good at something i know it's true <laughs> and it's, i and mean it's not he only has hawkeye. nine health so then ronan attacks him one more time and he dies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: have you have you beaten ronan with with hawk
0: i've beaten ronan with hawkeye in standalone solo so he didn't have the campaign side scheme out and he didn't start with the extra attack card
1: it was it was standard
0: standard standalone solo and in multiplayer we've beaten him in the standard campaign, but it was not because of Hawkeye. It was more because like <laughs> the other players were playing Doctor Strange and Captain America and Captain Marvel.
1: When and... you have to play S tier heroes.
0: I'm Yeah, like Hawkeye, I, exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, S tier heroes and the fourth guy. The uh, <laughs> the th- I, I'm kind of okay with that. Um obviously like I read a lot of comics, right? I don't. I don't think that anybody should be able to walk into Ronan's room and say, "Hey, I'm here to kick your ass one on one." I like being able to dig for the powerful decks to to tangle with somebody like Ronan, so that's that's at least a bit a bit satisfying. Unless I'm um, completely delusional and just trying to justify the fifteen losses in a row uh, that he chanted me the first time I tried to beat him.
0: Well, we haven't ah. gotten there with the Hulks yet, but are you excited for that or what?
2: I'm always excited. That Hulk deck is my baby right now. Like I just want to play everything with it so go. i'm gonna I'm gonna send him out of the air
1: first. You will never hear so much Hulk Love as you do on this podcast. It's Dude, true. I'm all about it right now. It's Hulk is love. it's so much
2: fun Green Hearts.
0: <laughs> but not Green Hearts for Ronan is my guess.
2: No, certainly not. Blue Hearts. Um,
0: I, I actually. No, I'll wait. I'll wait to get Does anybody else have any other comments on Ronan? So, again, he has no minions in his villain deck. So, if you don't want to include the Cream Militants, which are. Kree just Mil- yeah, we didn't talk about down, that. Yeah. Then uh, you can just put Bomb Scare in there and, and hope you draw Hydra Bombers instead of Fanaticism. Just <laughs> boost Fanaticism every time and you're good to go. That's it.
1: Yeah, Cream Militants. We, ta- we talked about them before, right? No, we didn't.
0: No, we did not yet. No.
1: They're. They're pretty rough too. Uh, it just it falls in line with the rest of his his kit, right? You got they're rough. Like a, they all
0: have high health, right? Five high six, health, seven. They've got overkill and quick strike and patrol. I yeah, guess they're they don't have
3: overkill.
0: No, they're they might well. You you still have still stalwart on. and guard. Starward, yeah, a Kree lieutenant. But their stats are really low, right? Like I was, I was really terrified that like Kree lieutenant was gonna come out and be like a three three minion with guard and stalwart. But he's a two one, so I mean you don't want to ignore him. I mean, you can't, because he has Guard and Stalwart. But at least he's not just, you know, piling on the damage while while things go bad. I don't know if... Have you ever drawn Shadows of the Past with Quicksilver before?
2: I've never played Quicksilver, to be honest. Okay.
0: Well, it's like the most feel-bad thing ever. His (laughs) his Nemesis minion has Insight 2. His Nemesis side scheme has Insight 1. And his Nemesis minion does AoE damage on Reveal to the entire table. So like he comes out, he basically throws three threat on the main scheme. He puts a crisis side scheme into play, and he hits you for damage. And he hasn't even activated yet. Um, that's kind why of why was that? Feels why like. was that? Who decided that was a good idea?
2: Is it an avalanche of abilities?
0: It's it's an oh.
1: I yeah. I feel like I'm being oh. by an
0: avalanche. <laughs> Precisely. All right, well let's grade let's grade Ronan over here. Let's see what people think. We'll go in the same order. Adder
2: Ooh. oh man um
0: who's gonna go the lowest here's the question
2: i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a c because his standalone is really interesting i i enjoy playing his standalone quite a bit um but uh kind of the same thing like i think the difficulty can be very discouraging especially for new players in campaign
0: that's on to you yep yeah.
2: Okay,
1: um I will give him a B for standalone and you don't want to know my grade for the campaign. Remember
0: when people said this game was too easy and then Ronan showed up and was like hold my space beer. My <laughs> my grade for the campaign is burn him. Um but I won't do that cuz I do think
1: uh, standalone I'll I'll probably keep playing him in the, into the future. Um I like how he interacts with the power stone. Yeah, I mean as as hard as he is. Um but I think that's okay because he's the, the last in the box. He's, you know, he's a cree you know, superior race. So I'm okay with it, um, even if I do lose.
0: All right, Crimson, what's, what are your thoughts? Crimson left us. He hates Ronan that much.
2: You had to go outside and cool off. Yeah, he's like... I get it. I get it. Uh, I do want to add one thing for people who are attempting Ronin. Um, Get rid of his weapon as soon as possible. Like, if you want to beat Ronin, one of the ways to do it is to out-action him. Um, In solo, you can try to stun lock him. Uh, But you can't do that if he's stalwart. So if you're playing solo and you intend to stun him, just take the encounter card put the weapon That's back another in.
0: reason you need target acquired, because you take the encounter card and damage, and you shuffle that thing back in the deck. So,
2: that's a, that's it's probably coming
1: pick.
0: out as a boost. Um,
1: and, and if he's stunned and stalwart comes out, the stun gets discarded, right? It does,
2: and it feels yep. real bad. Oh, yeah. Maybe, but... I, can
1: I lower my grade? <laughs> uh, I mean, go for it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, target acquired plays pretty hard against Ronan, but that's kind of what you said. Is like it's the star icons in this entire campaign. Um, it's it slows down. You stand accused. It slows down single minded fury and uh, and the hammer most importantly. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna give him a B in standalone. I think he's pretty fun in standalone. I mean, he's definitely gonna be challenging, right? I'm not gonna be taking my bad decks and my like crazy combo decks up against Ronan, even in standalone. Um, but in campaign, I just I I dislike him pretty greatly, so I'd probably give him a C or a D. I'm If I ever play this campaign a ton in the future, I'm just going to pretend it's a four-villain campaign and stop after Nebula. I've, I've rescued the Power Stone, it's over. Um, but in standalone, I think he can be fine. I, I don't think he's going to be one that I pull out playing solo very much. From the box, I'll probably pull out Drang and Nebula quite a bit, and the other three are going to be more either reserved for the campaign or reserved for the Binder.
2: I think, yeah, I think if I want to fast, like, pick up and have fun game, I'll grab Dranger Nebula, too. Um, Ronan, I think I have to be in the right mindset.
0: Yeah, you have to make sure everybody at the table is prepared for what the night's going to be. Our uh, <laughs> our local playgroup's going to have their first Champions Night in a while, because everybody's vaccinated. And oh, cool. The other people haven't played Galaxy's Most Wanted yet, so I'm Uh-oh. pretty excited, because they've always wanted the game to be a lot harder to see <laughs> the reaction that happens because they're well, they the, the regular Lord World. of the rings, right? So they know about surges that are surges, and uh, it'll be interesting.
2: Oh, that's that's good. So they're they're accustomed to uh, difficulties, they're fights, ready for they're depression.
0: Right? Yes, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> they're ready for depression. That's a yeah, that's a, I think that's a tagline to the Lord of the Rings, uh, the card game.
0: I think so. It's just, like right there on the box.
2: Yeah, that's cool. They put it there.
0: Do you want to feel defeated every day? Play
2: bold, take by marketing. Win sometimes.
0: (laughs) Win sometimes, or maybe never. Sometimes, or play
2: Rodan. Do you know how to play this game? No, you don't. You're dead.
0: All right. Well, that's that's everything in the box. So I want to ask a couple more. One more question. So, which box do you like better, Galaxy's Most Wanted or Rise of Red Skull?
3: Ooh. Can you guess my answer?
0: I'm going to say Rise of Red Skull because Hawkeye's in it. But no, I won't really say that. Yeah, we'll go with you first. I'm going to guess that you're going to say Rise of Red Skull.
1: Yeah, it's Rise of Red Skull. Um, I think I like the heroes better in this box. Um, but overall, I think I like Rise of Red Skull. Um, this one was just... This box is... The campaign's just too hard. The... the the idea behind this, I put it this way to a friend, um, the, the difficulty level for, even for standard in this box, it was, it's way more than we've had for anything previously. Um, and when fantasy flight, touts this game as like a, you know, an entry level LCG, if there's such a thing or like a, you can pick up and play. I mean, they sell the hero packs with pre-constructed decks for a reason, right? Those pre-constructed yep. decks aren't going to be able to defeat this campaign, I don't think. On even on standard, like that, to me, and and maybe maybe some, like you, you can make some tweaks here or there. But I'm sure there are players out there, maybe no one that listens to this podcast, um, that don't make any tweaks. They just throw the other cards in the back of each pack into a, into their box. They don't keep they don't do any deck building. And that's a completely legitimate way to play this game and tell this campaign. <laughs> like you, it's not a legit way to to win this campaign. It's just not in my opinion. And that to me is an, is unfortunate because that's how it's been um and that's the whole like gimmick or part of part of the whole thing behind the game is, hey, look, it's a preconstructed deck. Go for it. So that's that's my biggest beef with it. So I definitely think
2: Rise of Red Skull, um, for me is is a better box. What about you, Adarcom? Um, I would pick Rise of the Red Skull too. Um, based on content, obviously, like I'm a big Captain America fan, so I get all these cap. I get five cap villains in a row. Um, mechanically, uh, Galaxy's Most Wanted does a lot of really interesting things. Um, but I think that the difficulty kind of skews a lot of mechanics. Um and it's you know, like Americano said, you should be able to unload the box and just kind of play it as it is. Or um, you know, the, the whole pick up and play mentality also translates to bringing a new player in and showing the ropes um and not getting launched into space by Ronin's hammer. But uh I, I think I think Red Skull allows for that more often in both the solo and campaign levels. So I guess, just because it's more friendly and it's Captain America villains. Oh, and I guess it it brought a... Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm a... I think for the villains, I prefer Captain America, for sure. Um, At the same time, I think at the end of the day, from Captain America's box, there's like two to three villains I really enjoy in standalone. And I think from Galaxy's Most Wanted, there's two to three villains that I'll enjoy in standalone. So I think that Standalone-wise, I'm at the same number of villains I'm gaining that I'm going to like want to pull out of the box every night and play. Um, but the campaign, like I've run the Red Skull campaign many times, and I know it's easy and like you can make mistakes and all sorts of things and still enjoy it, but that's what I like about it. So I, I enjoy the campaign in Red Skull quite a bit more, especially when I'm playing with casual or more standard people. I like the heroes in Red Skull better, but that's kind of an unfair question, um, so I'm not going to count that against them. But I think the module sets in Galaxy's Most Wanted—they're um, quite a bit harder, um, but they're they're a lot more enjoyable than the modules in Red Skull. I feel like the modules in Red Skull, for the most part, are pretty generic, more Hydra things, and these ones are pretty generic too, right? We didn't get any like named Cree soldiers or any named Badoon people. Um, no. But at the same time, we got, right, you know, the the sharks with laser beams on their heads, and we got Blackton <laughs> Artifacts, which is completely different, and I really enjoy the Badoon Headhunter. I actually played a Red Skull campaign the other day where I used Badoon Headhunter the same way, and I, if, if I beat him in one scenario, I gave him the extra card in the next one, and it was super fun. Like, I find the way he, like, scales up to be really cool. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to say Red Skull, I think, just because Hawkeye, so.
3: Yeah, I... Oh, go ahead i just I, I did not enjoy very little experience i i had with running i did not really enjoy this box that's what it really came down to i just really did not enjoy this box and i don't know if it's the theme or the fact that it's galactic enemies and i'm a an x-men guy i, I don't you know some um I, I i just it, it wasn't what I needed or wanted
0: or enjoyed. What are you going to do if the X-Men box is this hard? Will you enjoy it?
3: Oh. Yeah, because it's X-Men and I don't care.
1: <laughs> straightforward. I want like... to
3: check. <laughs> that was like no hesitation
2: at all. Yep. I will take my beatings. It has mutants.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Spoken like a true fan. I like it. <laughs> There's our very negative episode of... <laughs> Let's go back and talk about Hulk next. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
3: I, I love Hulk,
0: man. I, I'm the Hulk fan. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to talk about the upcoming Hero Packs in the next episode. And then after that, people have been asking us to do our Smash Up decks again. So I think... Using the card pool all the way through Star Lord and Gamora's Pack in two episodes, we'll do our smash up decks again. But now there's enough cards that we can make two decks per aspect with like one play set of cards. So we're going to try to have eight decks in a format where we spend five minutes talking about each deck. And we'll hopefully be able to give you decks that you can plug and play with many different heroes, including Hulk and the heroes from Galaxy's Most Wanted.
2: Oh man. That's, That's already really exciting because. Yeah, I have like a baby archetype that I'd like to try out in that way.
0: You're ready already. There we go.
2: I'm. Yeah, I am ready.
0: All right, we'll do it right now. Okay.
2: Oh <laughs> no! Just kidding.
0: <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, keep grinding against Ronan. If you beat him, let us know. Send us a picture. Um, and if you are defeated, send the Critical Encounters crew a picture. I'm sure they'll <laughs> enjoy that too. So it'll, it'll work. Send out. somebody
2: a picture, whatever happens. Yeah, if you send win, someone a picture. You'll...
0: Make us make us know you're there. Okay, because <laughs> we want to <laughs> know your tips. We need them.